Ladies and gentlemen, from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and all seasons tabletop studio, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, Deadly Premeditated Protocols Used on COVID Patients. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Hey, hey Mike, I, yeah. I don't think these doctors are acting on their best behavior. Uh, not at all. Because they're getting their direction from Fauci. Yeah. Fauci. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben, and let's give a warm welcome to our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing fantastic. Wonderful. But it's getting better. That's it's great. Getting better I, because hear, I love to hear that one. Yes, yes. It's wonderful. I can't use that enough. How about you? I am doing wonderful as well. Okay, yeah. So it's rubbing off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, and especially if you're on your best behavior. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> I, I would hope good behavior you know facilitates good behavior yeah it should yeah. it should yeah but no we are sticking with stories here in the state of virginia and that's one reason i'm excited and the fact that uh, we have a special guest here in the studio this afternoon that is going to tell her story and we met at an event and i haven't seen her since and it was great to see her again here, and she brought her friend Mike with her. So we, we've got we've got Mike, and then Mike here, and then a room full of Mike. So we've we have got all of the mics covered, Ben. This is yeah. true. And yes. being that you're a sound guy, uh, we're going to keep you we're going to keep you on your toes today. Excellent. So, but nevertheless, uh, it was a it was a pleasure meeting our guest and th- that experience that we had with that small group and. I like the fact that we're going to hear yet another personal story that took place here. It's a great follow-up uh, that we had with uh, Ms. Karen Reardon, and uh, I am really looking forward to this. And I, we've said this before, I think these personal stories have a lot of power. So uh, before we begin, just want to officially welcome all of you uh, truth seekers and rock tumblers out there. It is great to have everyone out, uh, and it is also great to be here on this platform. As we have said before, this is a great mental release for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the fact that we can be here doing what we're doing. We are blessed to be able to do this. And our mission today is to inject everyone out there listening with the undiluted truth. That's and, right. Um, uh, you can't get any better than that. And, so, see, and see, this injection is safe for anyone from zero on a, well, the truth will set you free, and sometimes the truth will set it'll make you uncomfortable. So I don't and know. Sometimes it, the truth hurts, it, it, but it but might it only is, be. It but might, it's still safe. Yeah, it <laughs> might only be. Yeah, so it's not going to harm anyone. It might. It, it might even uh, uh, turn some people into you know down the right path or in the right direction. Let's hope and pray that happens. So there we go. Well, we've we've sort of kept everybody at the edge of their seat so far. Uh, we're going to go ahead and inter- introduce our guest. Uh, this afternoon, and Marianne 
It is great to have you here. This is Marianne Munt. Uh, she has got a wonderful story. Which she, I've only heard part of the story, and uh, I am looking forward to hearing all of it in detail. Um, and we are going to just turn it all over to you. And I know that uh, just based on your, I guess, the card that I have got for you, uh, this Women's Coalition, that you could share some of that with us after the story at some point. But I know family, friends, and faith are very important to you. And uh, we, uh, we, are, we are just honored to have you here telling your story. And just to let you know, we have, uh, I think we reached 47-ish countries. So there's been 47 countries that have downloaded uh, The Undiluted Truth. And when we started this, we only wanted a handful. So I am sure that your story is going to reach someone that definitely needs to hear it. So without any further ado, Mary, the floor is yours. <clears throat> well, thank you. I appreciate the time that you're uh, devoting to this. Uh, it's very hurtful what happened to me, and I know it has happened to other uh, wives and other family members. Yes. And it's a terrible thing that you can't trust your medical establishment, your hospitals, which should be a safe place to put your loved ones. Amen. Yep. And it's terrible. And uh, just quickly, um, this, uh, this happened how long ago? Uh, well, it all started January the 8th of 2022. Ah, okay. And my husband passed away January the 30th, 2022. Mm. And uh, it was a sad thing the way they, they fought me. They would not do the protocol I had asked them to do. Uh, they would not give him a vitamin cocktail that was proven to work. They wouldn't do any of that uh, mm. protocol that the frontline doctors had uh, suggested. Right. So what landed uh, your husband in that position from the beginning? Okay. On January the 8th, my husband um, kind of collapsed, and I had to call the rescue squad to come and get him up. They suggested that I take him to the hospital. They tested him and uh, said he had a UTI and COVID at that time. So he went to the ER. They wouldn't let me be with him at all. So um, I went and got myself tested. I had COVID too. We both had it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So um, they kept him overnight in the ER, never put him in a room. And the whole time I was talking to the ER doctor, and they kept trying to put him on a ventilator, and they kept trying to, uh, well, they did give him res, uh, remdesivir, remdesivir mm. against my wishes. Yeah. And so he was there for 24 hours. He had his phone with him, and he was able to walk out. He was, uh, he was all right to walk. He told me to come and get him. I took him out of the hospital, mm -hmm. took him home. We went to our doctor. And she prescribed um, uh, antibiotics and a monoclonal antibodies, okay. which mm -hmm. we got. Uh, they infused us on the 18th of January. January, okay. 
And my husband was in bad shape. He wasn't feeling good then. I think the UT, they gave him an antibiotic for the mm-hmm. UTI, which I don't think really worked. He still had the UTI on the 19th. Mm-hmm. So I had to put him back in the hospital because he was lethargic and could not support his weight. He could not stand. I could not take care of him. Mm. And uh, so they put him in the hospital, took him by the, uh, with the rescue squad. I followed, went to the hospital, they wouldn't let me see him. They wouldn't do, uh, let me do anything. So the next day, I met with some nurses, nurse managers, and was talking about the concerns I had with my husband's treatment. Mm-hmm. I never got to talk to a doctor. Mm. I uh, couldn't talk to anyone that was uh, that would tell me about my husband's condition and what they were doing. They kept trying to, uh, I don't even know what they gave him, to tell you the truth. Mm. So, and I went for three days and never got a call from the doctor. Three days. Three days. So, three days. So you, you got him in the hospital. Yeah. And, of course, you said a couple of, uh, I think, important things to, to mention is, you you knew nothing about what he was getting, what kind of treatment, anything he was getting. Yeah. And now you haven't even heard from a doctor for over 72 hours or roughly. Right. And so, and I could only imagine what that was doing to your anxiety level and, and, and getting you a bit worked up if, if you are... Anything like I am, I'd, I'd be ready. Okay, look, I, you know, I, I need to do something to get somebody's attention. So, right. how did you proceed uh, uh, next? Well, I kept calling um, uh, the uh, clergy. I got in touch with the uh, the managers of the hospital. Anybody that would talk to me, mm-hmm. I and I got nowhere. They said they were busy, couldn't talk to me. Nowhere. So I ended up calling my senator, Bryce Reeves, mm-hmm. read the riot act to him and told him that I want something done and I want it done now. So yeah. I don't know what he did, but after that, I got a call from the hospital. Oh, wow. And then they proceeded to talk to me, but they still would not let me see him. And for those listening locally, uh, I think it's important. Uh, you say you're senator, but where, what part of uh, the state were you in? Spotsylvania. Spotsylvania, okay. Very good. Spotsylvania, Virginia. Okay. So, Senator Senator uh, kind of flexes his muscles, uh, you believe, and then the, right. the hospital right. now uh, kind of does an about face, if you will, and, and starts paying attention to you. Doing what I believe they should have been doing in the first place. Yeah. And how sad that we, we've got to call senators now to get a doctor's attention. It was uh, terrible. I, the, just the place that, and, you know, one of the things I'm thinking, this is November, January is not that long ago. Uh, and we're still in the middle of this. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, okay. Uh, so now the hospital is responding. Uh, uh, how are they responding now? Well, I had asked uh, them to give him uh, budesonide, which is a um, inha- 
<clears throat> inhaled steroid. Yes. And they wouldn't do that either. They gave him, um, I think, albuterol. They wouldn't do what I suggested. Mm-hmm. So, And Dr. Fury was coaching me the whole time he was in the hospital. Uh, very good. And I was talking to two doctors. One doctor was willing to work with me to a point. And then the other doctor, he was so arrogant, he wouldn't listen to it. nothing I, I suggested. All he wanted to do was remdesivir and ventilator. That's all he was interested in doing. Yeah, yeah. That's that mm. seems to be where the bonus money is. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I found mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Afterwards and stuff, but they, they would not. Um, that one of the doctors said when I had to get Bryce Reeves involved said that she had tried to call me three times. The only phone I have is my cell phone, and mm-hmm. you know, cell phones show you missed calls. Absolutely. I had no missed calls. So point blank, the doctor lied to me. Right. And I know it, and she knew I knew it. Right. So, and Mm. I was at the hospital every morning in the lobby of the hospital so I could talk to the doctors, and they would not talk to me. That, you know, how sad, and of course, that's where you should be. If it's if it's my spouse or my child or my mother or father, that's where we that's where we want to be is we want to be right there with them. Right, right. So, but I never got anywhere. So finally, I called. I got with the administrator to the hospital. I got the critical care nurse. The uh, everybody was anybody at the hospital. I had a meeting with five then the social worker of the hospital, all of them. And um, I didn't get any satisfaction whatsoever. They said it's not their protocol. They would not do hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide. Uh, They wouldn't even do IV vitamin C. They Mm. said they don't carry it, and they would not order it. Now, Mm. uh, let's just take a quick pause here. Now, that's a... That's an amazing statement to me that a hospital is admitting, admitting that they don't carry vitamin C. Yes. In the IV form. Yeah. In the, sure. Right. I mean, you know, they've got all, they've got a lot of other intravenous, you know, right. medicines and, and drugs, but the one that's probably the least harmful and the most helpful, they don't even Carry now. I'm sure those are their words. Maybe, maybe it was locked up in a in a closet somewhere. But no, uh, no, no. I talked <laughs> to the pharmacist of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I asked him if he would order the IV vitamin C because the doctor said they didn't have it, and he said he could not unless he got authorization. He would not order it. So the lab. They can't order unless the yeah. doctor tells them to order. Right. Are, are yeah. they taking cues from the hospital that Dr. Paul Merrick was, was dealing with? Yeah, because it sounds they, like it. Yeah. they banned him from using a, yeah. vitamin C. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. So, But mm. they fought me tooth and nail all the way. Mm. Well, good for you for standing up and, 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 and being after them. For, and I have a log. For all I of wrote this. down dates, times, and who I spoke to. Very good. That's good. Everybody that I talked to when I had that meeting Mm -hmm. in the hospital. 
with all the department heads. Sure. And you know what I told them? I had to tell Dr. Avatar, which was the lung specialist that kept pushing for the ventilator, Mm -hmm. I had to tell him in a polite way to shut up because he was hogging the whole meeting. Right. And I told him, I said, look, I said, I know where you stand. You're not helping me any. That's You are a bigot. And I said, you need to keep your mouth shut. I said, I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm talking to these other people. Well, I, that, said, I said, I'm not getting anywhere with you. Right. And uh, when so, my meeting was over, I told them <laughs> that I forgive them for what they've done. Mm-hmm. I said, because my Bible says and my Lord says I have to. Right. I said, so I'm not holding any malice against you. I said, but you know what? God's going to have vengeance on you. Sure, sure. So. You know, it's, and these are, you know, for most of us, these are hard positions to be in. You know, when you are being treated like you're not human, there's no regard for human life, and... It really does test your faith, oh. it, you know, and and I, I can say that <laughs> because I've been there, but right. but but I, I've been close, but not as close to losing someone as well, close uh, that as as you have. Uh, well, you done. know, one of the doctors that uh, was treating him, she was the hospitalist. She even uh, I don't know whether she was using it as a crutch or to get me on her side, but she said she prayed with Bud, my husband. Mm-hmm. And she said he prayed with her, too, and all this stuff. So I said, well, that's good. I said, I'm glad you did. I said, because that is our faith. I said, we do believe in healing, and and, uh, God is going to do something miraculous. I said, I believe that. Absolutely. So, But I think she was praying on my faith, more or less. I don't know whether she was a believer or not. I don't know. Yeah, you only have to take her at her word, unfortunately. Exactly, uh, exactly. So... So we we're up against this. They don't have uh, vitamin C. No, uh, and you know this is definitely something that one of the critical things that that could be used. So where where do we go from from this point? Well, they were just doing their normal thing the way they were treating him. I even asked to get him transferred to MCV. They said it wasn't medically necessary, and they wouldn't do it. They said absolutely not. Did did you try to do it on your own? I did. I even called MCV. Mm-hmm. I talked to a doctor that had seen Bud up there, a heart doctor. Right. And he said that they were full. They didn't have. They were full of, of COVID patients too. They didn't have room to take him. In January of this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and that was on mm. the twenty first of uh, January. So I tell you, I fought them and fought them the whole time that he was there. So at this point, how many days had your husband been in the hospital at this in this stint at this point, roughly? Oh, uh, from the nineteenth um, for the twenty second, he was he was in there from the nineteenth to the thirtieth, where he died. So he wasn't in there very long. No. So that tells me that his his condition was on a serious decline. It was. And you're fighting and fighting. So we've gone a few days uh, thus far. And uh, at this point, had you ever got 
to where you could like lay your eyes on him or your hands on him to, to actually see him face to face? No, not face to face. They, um, I brought his phone back to him. They said that he could FaceTime me, but he didn't know how to do it. The nurse had to. They mm-hmm. said he would. They would do that. The nurse would help me right. so he could talk to me FaceTime. We did do that, mm-hmm. and um, he. They kept changing his um, breathing apparatus on him. He wasn't on a ventilator because right. I said positively no vents. Right. And they kept pushing to put him on the vent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was having a hard time breathing. And he was. Um, they had him up in ICU, and he was starting to get better. They were giving him crushed vitamin C. They were giving him like three grams in applesauce. Yeah. Mm. And they were trying to, and he was getting better. Yeah. And he was eating. And mm. he, he was asking me to bring him grapes and, and other stuff like that. I mm-hmm. said, you able to eat those? He said, yeah. I said, all right. So mm-hmm. I brought him some grapes. He said they were sour. He couldn't eat them. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that night they took him out of the ICU that stepped down. Mm-hmm. All right. He got worse. That mm. night, after they moved him out of the ICU, he called me on the phone and said that he was wet, his bed was wet, and he was cold, and all that stuff. Mm. And then the nurse calls me, telling me that he is belligerent and not behaving, and she called me at 5 o'clock in the morning and woke me up to complain about how he was unruly. But but I mean, did she just call to just to complain to complain me? At that's the, all she did. Yes, that's that's an interesting phone call. I would think right. uh, to get. I mean, you're there with my husband. Why are you calling me? Why don't you help yeah. the situation? I you know. I, so wow, I I complained about her doing that. They took her off his service. By the way, they did take her mm-hmm. off of that, uh, taking care of him. But they, uh, he got worse, and um, they had to sedate him, and then they ended up putting him back in the ICU. And then they called me, and they were going to let me see him at a distance. Okay. At a distance. And he saw me, and he was, he was, he was in bad shape, though, but they, he was going downhill really fast. And had you been in any communication with any doctors uh, on a regular basis? And uh, I, I know that the senator sort of shook them up a bit. Yeah, they were they were talking. So you to continued. Me. Okay, so you yeah. did have some sort of communication yeah. with with yeah. the doctors. And I was talking to them in person because I was at the hospital every day. Okay, I was there Very every good. day. Mm-hmm. And she was putting in, as Dr. Fury was texting me what to tell them to do, mm-hmm. the doctor was looking at my phone, and she was saying, I can't do that. I can only do so much, but I'll lose my license, is what the doctor said. Wow. You know, it, it, just to hear it still happening, and, and I know that it is still happening, it's not, I mean, and, and I would say probably the majority of the hospitals in this country, uh, you know, it started back in, in 2020, and here we are in 
the middle. I mean, you're you're talking about the beginning of 2022, and this kind of thing is still happening. And and unfortunately, you know, these people are are put in a position, and not all of them are going to stand. You know, this woman could have said, you know, uh, I'll I'll do whatever I can do, but she she sort of told you what would happen. She would lose her job. She might even lose her license. Uh, yeah. And what a tough position to put these people in. Right. And guess what they're playing around with? Human life. Exactly. It's it's as if it's a game. They're playing God. You know? Well, yeah. Is yeah. what they're doing. Well, for money. They're playing God for money. Well, boy, that sounds like the enemy That's <laughs> that, what that, we, doing. that we've just nailed Lucifer or, or, or Satan right, right in front of our eyes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly. It's I, I look at it as as just pure evil. Uh, yeah, it, it really is, and it, and it is absolutely stunning to me. So, uh, so you you were able to lay your eyes on him uh, to briefly. He's really not in good shape. No, he's in terrible yeah. shape. He's weak. Uh, he looked bad. His color was terrible, and they did, they wouldn't let me close to him or anything mm. like that. Uh, but see, that's what they, well, they don't want the family there. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a question? What was the reason they gave you that you couldn't get close to him? Because of COVID. Because uh, because he had it, or you had it. Because he had it. Okay. So how long is it? So they didn't want you to get it. I'd already had it. Yeah. So and I, 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 that's my my <laughs> point too. Yeah. I don't think he had COVID on the nineteenth when he went in the hospital. Right. Because he was diagnosed on the 8th is where they're coming from. Yeah. He was there in that hospital because he had a UTI. Yeah. And they labeled him COVID. So 11 days later, he they're saying he still had exactly. COVID. Yeah. Exactly. And it was only based on a test that on he supposed to be on the 8th. Yes. Yeah. So, but they're, they're keeping you away from him just yes. because at some point he tested positive yes. for COVID. Be- yes. Because they get more for COVID patients. Right. They get sure. more for the vent. Yes. And yeah. they get more for Rendezvous. Yes. So yeah. here's my standard thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you know, it, you know, we we ask, we don't need to ask ourselves why. We we know what it is, it, but it's not just that. And and but you know, it it is amazing to me that they can make these statements, but when you start using, in my opinion, common sense or questions, well, okay, well, you say he had he had COVID back then, but. You know, he's my husband. I want to, or you know, whatever is. I want to lay my hands on him. I want to. I want to hold him. I want to hug him. You know, and you're telling me I can't do that because you think he's got COVID. Do you think I care if I have COVID? Right. I've already tested positive right. with COVID. Yeah, I'm fine. You're, well, your you know? family, you're around them yeah, anyway. Sure. I'm, uh, so I, what's the reason that you guys can leave? Let me see him. Right. So. You know, a lot of this, you know, I call it, I need more duct tape because I got to keep wrapping this (laughs) duct tape around my head, you know. Um, Well, I I went through, I went through every avenue, even went through the grievance people at the hospital. Mm -hmm. I got nowhere. I got the door slammed in my face every time. Mm. I'm sorry. I can't do nothing. Wow. I have a quick question. Did, Did you ask the doctor... That said, oh, I can't do that. I'll lose my license. As to why she would lose her license, did you happen to ask? I'm just curious. Well, the reason that she gave was because I'm giving what I guess they deem 
dangerous well, drugs to someone. Well, they she only yeah, could go but, on certain <laughs> protocol. Right. But so 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 I can lose my license if I don't follow the protocol that who's putting out the hospital. The see the hospital, the, the non doctors. The not see. There's the there's CDC. my question. The, the non doctors are putting out the protocol. Yes. The CDC is giving a recommendation. Yes. If the hospital's requiring a protocol that the doctor knows is is not right, the hospital, in my opinion, is practicing medicine without a license themselves. Well, yeah, they they can't, if you will. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, the hospital has a license, but the doctor is the yeah. one that has the license to practice. It's coming from the administration. Yeah, and if yeah. and if that's the case, then they're practicing medicine without a license. Well, not only that, but uh, well, they're, I, that's a side. Sorry, they're, that's endor- a side they're note, endorsing but, premeditated murder. Murder. Right. But, yeah, you know. but to say you'll lose your license if you follow yeah. something else. Yeah, yeah. You're, are you the doctor or are they the doctor? Yeah, yeah. So. They're there, you know. So, so the the sad thing is, is these people are put in a position. And let's face it, I've I've not been in that position, but I would hope if I was, was, I would stand up because it's to the point of, okay, I lose my license, or this person I'm trying to take care of loses their life. What am I going to do? Right. You know. Yeah. And thank God for those that are standing up going, I don't care, you know, you can you can yank whatever away from me, but I'm going to do what's right, you know. And, and we know some of those doctors, and I'm sure there's some that we don't know at this point. But uh, golly days, uh, here we go, man. Uh, it just time and time again, and, and Marianne, I just, boy, uh, I could only imagine uh, what, uh, what you were going through at this point in time. Uh, so... How how did we move forward from this point? I mean, you know, you're you're so you're able to see him. He's not doing well. They won't follow any kind of suggestions coming from Doctor Fury and, and yourself, and knowing things that that may help. So, um, where are we at at this point? Well, he started breathing really bad and coughing and choking, and I was able to talk to him through the door they wouldn't let me bedside hmm. and I, I he was in bad shape i told him i said do you want them to put you on a breathing machine and he said yes yeah at that point he'd probably say whatever anything and i wished i hadn't done it i think i would have he would have been better off just to have passed the, that way rather than the ventilator because right. when they put him on the ventilator he was like Dead. His skin was cold. They did let me in to see him then when he was incapacitated. Wow. His arm was swelled up like like this. His uh, left arm. I don't know what the heck they did to him, but his arm looked like it didn't belong to him. Mm. He was cold. His feet were all puffy. Uh, he, he he felt like a corpse already. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and he had these tubes in him. He had blood coming out the one in his mouth, mm. dried blood, and I, he was yeah. horrible. So I would imagine, just based on that description, it wasn't long. No. After that. No. It was well, a matter of a couple of days. He died. Well, to our listeners, right now, I think it's a good time. What would be your advice to? those listening right now if they were faced with anything as close to what you were 
faced with from the beginning? Well, if you can keep them at home and treat them and um, keep them close to you as long as you can because you can't trust the hospitals. And we, the hospital won't let you in because they know you're going to be an advocate for your loved one, and they don't want that. They want the money. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. God. And no ventilator. Uh, if I had it to do over again, I'd never put him on the ventilator. Yeah. So, so we are advised by those that have gone through this. And by the way, and you know, you're not the only one advising this, but but from your experience, now this is this is I think where the rubber meets the road a little bit. You had to go through what you went through, and yet. You, your advice wouldn't be get them to a better hospital, get them to just, or get them better care, is to keep them at home to where you can control what kind of care they're getting, is yeah. what, is what yes. I'm hearing. Is that right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So get an oxygen uh, oxygenator and put him on oxygen at home. Right. Do the treatment and, and things at home. You can get a doctor to prescribe the stuff. That's right. You can have some a nurse come in and right. do IVs. Yeah. Absolutely. So so here we are telling <clears throat> the world whatever you do do not when it comes to any kind of uh, flu, corona, anything to do with the flu, do not take your loved one or anyone to the hospital. No, because they'll kill them. Because they are being killed yeah. in the hospital by not only just lack of treatment. We've we've heard some stories. I didn't hear them, but I was glad to hear that at least your husband was at least attempting to get nutrition. But we've heard stories of no water, no food, malnourished, and then ventilator and, you know, remdesivir, midazolam, or just, you know, knock them out and... That almost sounds like a concentration <clears throat> camp. Yeah. Uh, and and here we and and we are talking about a facility, a hospital, a place where you are supposed to be cared for when you can't care for yourself or at home. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about this in the United States of America. I know. Yeah. And this, to me, is a big tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh, knowing that. That the country that I grew up in, and I, and for many many years, I thought that the people in some of these key positions had our best interests at exactly. heart and would take care of us. And while something, all of a sudden, overnight, it seems like, yeah, you yeah. blink your eyes a couple of times, and it's all gone south. And while while they slept, basically, right, we all woke up, and mm-hmm. I don't recognize this country no, anymore no, you know, i recognize a lot of the and people that, yeah but the country itself and what it's representing right now and just the places that it's willing to go for let's say the almighty dollar or power or position you know whether it's coercion whether it's uh, incentivation or or you know threats yeah. uh yeah. people are ready to sell their souls i know and for another human life, which another is sad. Almighty dollar. Yes. Right. And and her advice follows suit with, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Peter McCullough. Yes. Who? That's almost exactly what he said. He's yeah. like, if you get this, 
yeah. do not go to the hospital. Right, the first right. thing. And I think uh, one of the, so, in, in one of the interviews I heard with yeah. uh, Brian Artis, that was the first thing he said. Well, the first advice I give you is don't go to the hospital. Oh, right. was that, yeah, was that Brian, him? Brian Arsh, yeah. Okay, I thought and it he was, was Peter McCullough. Yeah, he was he talking about similar. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, believe it or not, now I know there's a lot of things we can do. Even right. even restraining orders, uh, you can get restraining orders now to keep those people in the hospital away from your loved one. A legal document, just like you would a a perpetrator or, you know, uh, someone that's dangerous to you or your family, you know, a restraining or you can, you can, this can be done. Now, just think about what I'm saying. <laughs> You've got to get a restraining order for the people in the hospital to leave you alone. Well, what am I doing here? You know, it, yeah. it really is. So, um, I, boy, so, after after that, it sounds like, uh, and and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this uh, episode up here in just a few minutes. But I want to close this out with with uh, at least one question, Marianne. Now, after the reality set in, you know, your husband took his last breath. I know that you're still fighting, uh, you know, and I know you grieved. Uh, yeah. And and you should have and I and, and I'm, I could only imagine the emotions, the mixed emotions that went along with that. But when you sort of came back around to maybe some clarity of thought, uh, did you take any action against these individuals or this hospital? I did. I I got the board of health. I lodged a complaint with the board of health. And I told them that they refused to do the treatment I had asked for, and they mm -hmm. killed him. Yeah, that's I, I, what I wrote on mm -hmm. the on the the inquiry yeah. that I sent into mm -hmm. the Board of Health. Right. And um, by the way, my husband didn't die of COVID. He had organ failure because right. they were going to do dialysis on him the night before he died. They had to go sign a paper to make that they would do the dialysis. Right. He never made it. Right. He died from uh, kidney failure. Yeah, kidney failure that was induced by remdesivir. Yes. So, yes. yeah, he was given a drug that right. basically shut him down and killed yep. him. Yep. So, but you did lodge a complaint. Yes, and, I did. And probably at this point in time, it's been January to here we are, <laughs> excuse me, in November. It's, pro it's probably still under... No, they sent me a letter stating that it was substantiated, whatever that meant. I don't know what that meant. Well, did you, was it any lawsuits or did you just no. want them to admit some? No, it was no lawsuit. So substantiated, I guess, could mean they could be substantiating what you said or what their defense is. They wouldn't is. explain to me. Yeah. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't call me back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's an easy way to not incriminate yourself. Just I guess just you know, on paper, just claim but claim the Fifth Amendment and don't say anything. I did call a lawyer after that when I got that paper back. I told them what had happened. He denied to take the case. He would not take, it. Mm. and he was a malpractice lawyer. So uh, then when I. Uh, I finally, I got with Dr. Fury again, you know, and I asked her, I said, do we have any lawyers 
that are willing to go to bat for any of us. And she sent me uh, uh, Dr. Lytle, not doctor, lawyer Lytle. Lytle's his last name. Mm-hmm. David, I think it was. Okay. And I talked to him, and he says, well, he says, I don't think I can do anything, he said, from what you're telling me. He said, now, if you had something in writing that they refused to do, I don't have, you know, it was all verbal, right. back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a shame. And, of course, today, and even in early uh, 2022, there's more information that we have on some of these other drugs and the lack of treatments and, you know, all of the – just what the Lancet did and having to retract the demonization of hydroxychloroquine, that was all false. So we've come a long way, but uh, there are some – attorneys that are gaining some some headway and maybe we can bring those up uh, on our next episode but um, uh, on this part of it and uh, those that are listening we're going to have a, a second part uh, and we call it part uh, part two or uh, who knows maybe Ben will come up with something creative and give us a, a a different title oh, for boy. the next episode, but uh, <laughs> challenge. Never the, nevertheless, uh, Marianne, we we want to pick up on the next episode a little bit about uh, <clears throat> what you're doing now and okay. some some right. of the uh, the women's coalition and where we are uh, and the people that you may have run across that uh, you have personally been able to help through situations like you had to go through. So, all right, well, we about ready to wrap this one up. I think Ben. All right. Um, Marianne, thank you so much for sharing this personal story. Uh, and it's a true story. I want, I want to reiterate that. Sometimes people mention stories. This is a real account of what took place, and it wasn't easy. And I'm sure that the more you think about it and even tell it, 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 it I don't know that it gets any easier. But thank you so much. Oh. And, um, and we so appreciate you uh, doing that for us today you're welcome and we need to give some of these people hope and that's usually how we close out uh and we will close out with a word of prayer so let's bow our heads dear father in heaven lord we thank you again that you have allowed uh, this platform for us to reach out to those listening all around the world uh that are seeking truth and are seeking to uncover the truth, we ask that your Holy Spirit give them all the mental and the physical strength that they need. We pray that the listeners will also continue to diligently seek truth. And Father, there are many out there that have faced uh, things and are maybe going through some of the things that Marianne has just shared with us We pray that your spirit comfort them. May they feel your presence. And may you uh, heal when that opportunity affords itself. And may all of them have the courage to stand up like Marianne has to help others, to get the word out there that unfortunately in this world there are those that cannot be trusted and we we just ask that you give us the ability to discern and to see those things which are true and those things which are of you 
we want to ask a special blessing upon Mary Ann that you continue to work in her life, give her comfort. There's times that, that we are sure that in her private time, she may regret things that have taken place. But Lord, may we rest in the hope that one day she will be united with her husband and many, many others will also. We thank you again for being able to reach those that may appear to be unreachable. And as we part ways, as usual, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.